There isn't a one-size-fits-all marketing approach to selling real estate. And sure, there's best practices, but I think that you need to develop a strategy that's unique to your brand or your business and that highlights your superpower. So welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you find your superpower and exploring creative solutions to build a more visible brand that consistently delivers an exceptional customer experience. Whether you're selling real estate, loans, title, or escrow, doesn't matter. We've got you covered. Let's go. So here's a quick recap. A couple of weeks ago, Scott and I had a conversation about whether or not it made sense to hire a coach. And what happened was the conversation kind of got off the ground. It was a bit labored. And then we got it off the ground and flew it into a mountain. And that mountain was my computer crashed. And Ricardo was institutionalized at the time. So he didn't join the conversation. I'm fine now, guys. I, I swear. <laughs> so today we're going to take retackle this, but actually it's a little bit different because yeah. the question of should I hire a coach, there's actually another question at play. And that's where we're going to start this conversation today between the three of us is the question is not should I like spend all this money to hire a coach? The question before that is, what am I hiring somebody to do? Like, What's the need that I have? Let's start the discussion there. Scott, just before we went live, you had made a really interesting comment. And that was, you don't just go to a vending machine and put some coins in to get a coach out who's going to solve all of your problems. Right. I have to be really honest. I definitely treated hiring a coach like that. So can you explain what made you say that? You know, what it really is, is it okay to ask for help if you need help with your business? And and the answer is 100% yes. There's this coaching element out there that is being sold to the industry as sort of a a cure-all or a, I'm going to help you go in the right direction. When the reality is, is you really have to ask yourself, what is it that you need help with? Because, you know, I, I just went to my big coaching group and I had some really, really interesting takeaways that I hope we have an opportunity to share. But this is a room of people that pay a lot of money to be in a room with a lot of very, very successful, high level people. Almost every single one of them talked about imposter syndrome that we talked about in another podcast that we did. And it's amazing to see these people. So that's a different conversation than, hey, do you know any good tactics or strategies to grow my business? So yeah, I I think the question is, what do you need help with? Then you can go out there and you can find somebody because we don't have enough time to I, I figure think, all this stuff it, out on if our you own. Don't, if you don't answer that question ahead of time, then you're just grasping at straws, hoping that this is going to solve your problems or this one's going to solve your problems or this one's going to solve your problems. Yeah, well, and it's how coaching is sold sometimes because business coaching is sold under the premise that if you just learn these ways to run your business, you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not an accurate statement because everybody's a little bit different. And what ends up happening in a lot of those coaching groups is they have a method that they are teaching. They're not really helping you to discover where your strengths are and where you should be focusing your energy on based on your time, your, you know, your, your capabilities, your, you know, your opportunities specifically. You know, the other part of this is why are you asking, why do you think you need a coach? If you think you need a coach because you think it'll give you more business 
that's kind of a byproduct of you getting out of your own head and trying to do things in a different way. It's the whole definition of insanity is if you continue to do the same things you've always done, doing the same things you've always done and expect different results. And that's kind of what coaching is, I think, is it's getting out of your head, talking things out and thinking things out and looking for new angles. Ricardo, one of the things we've talked about is you aren't sure whether you need a therapist or a coach. <laughs> and it's, it's a funny line, but I feel like I'm in exactly the same boat with you. Do you mind sharing why you feel that way? And especially in response to what Scott just said about getting outside of your own head. I feel like I have enough knowledge and experience. I know the things I need to work on. For me, it's managing the stress. <laughs> managing the stress of this year, managing the stress of performing at a high level. What do you do to manage that? I don't think I need somebody to give me, coach me on a direction because I know the direction I'm moving in. I know what needles I need to, or what buttons I need to push. Whereas I think most people don't know that. For me, for my business, I know exactly what buttons I need to push to, to keep growing, keep building, etc. That's why I joke and I say, well, I don't need a business coach because what are they going to teach me that I don't already know? Maybe that comes off as arrogant, but I, I, I don't know. That's why I joke and I say, you know, I don't need a business coach. I need a therapist, somebody that I can vent to. Well, I think something that's important about that, Ricardo, is your level of awareness, right? You're very aware of what your situation is. You know what your strengths are and you know what your weaknesses are. And it's absolutely a great strategy to find somebody that you can work on those specific weaknesses with. I think the word coach it's just really, really too vague. And I think we make preconceived conclusions when we hear that word. Oh, you need a, you could do better if you had a coach, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And, or somebody calls and says, I coach all of these successful people. And if you pay me, I can make you successful too. And it's not necessarily the coaching that's helping. It's the fact that somebody is admitting, I don't know everything. I've got all these things figured out, but I need help with this. You still look uh, like you're not sure where this, where, where, where you were not touching on the things you want to touch on, Dustin. Well, so as you're saying that, I am thinking about a coach in football, right? So when I watch football, I never played football, but I've watched, you know, video of coaches at football camps. And what are they doing? They're laying out exercise routines, they're laying out practice routines, right? Drills and all the rest. And if I'm a player, or I have I have had a personal trainer, so same principle applies here, right? Like I show up, I'm put through my paces, the paces are set by somebody who knows what the heck they're doing. And theoretically, if I put myself in this person's care and I do what they tell me to do, I'm going to be hugely successful. When I've hired coaches in the past, that's what I've looked for. And that's what I feel like is also sold. Where I struggle, Scott, with what you're saying is, I can see how having somebody who elevates me out of my kind of out of my situation of being stuck staring at the four, you know, forest <laughs> the trees, right? Like I can see how someone who can give me a higher elevation view could help me from like a certain mindset perspective. But gosh, I do just kind of want somebody who knows what paces to put me through to get me in shape. Let's use the football analogy again, or metaphor, depending on the level of professionalism, whether you play offense or defense, 
you're also going to have a defense or offensive coach that's going to teach you those specific steps. So I guess the way that I think about what we're talking about right now is when you encounter a challenge that seems like it's not unsurmountable, but going to be a challenge, can you bring somebody in to shorten your learning curve? And I think that's what it is. You call it whatever you want, but if I want to learn YouTube, I'm going to find somebody that's really good at YouTube and I'm going to pay them to teach me what they know. That's coaching. You know, it, it, coaching doesn't mean that you, you know, you go in and then the rest of your life you spend it. You're paying for other people's expertise. And I think if you're doing it proactively, like I recognize that I have this thing that I need to learn. I've identified this person has knowledge. They've been focusing on this problem longer than I have. I want to shorten my learning curve. So I'm going to pay for that person's time to learn what they know. That's how I see it. And as personal and professional, I kind of do both. I have business people that I talk to. I have people that I talk to that don't have anything to do with business just to have conversations about being in business, but which, not specific which, business which, strategy. By, which, by the way, I've, I've done that and I've gotten more comfortable with doing that as of late, like paying for somebody's specific expertise so that I don't have to sit there, wait, learn it, and fumble through it myself. You know, and another challenge that entrepreneurs have is if all of your friends aren't entrepreneurs, it's sometimes it's difficult to have conversations and, and engage with them about some of the challenges that you're having growing your business and balancing, you know, life and work and things like that. And, and I think that's a lot of times. Now let's transcend the coach conversation because I don't think you need to always seek out an individual to get you across the the finish line. And I think one of the things that we see more commonly are support groups like on Facebook, peer groups or professional groups or interest groups around strategies or tactics or tools or things like that. You know, you don't need to pay somebody to do something, but what ends up happening is when you go into those environments, somebody stands out and you're like, man, that Ricardo just constantly says smart things. Never had that thought. <laughs> this is completely hypothetical, mind you. Completely hypothetical. Completely hypothetical. So what I would do is I would say, hey, Ricardo, can you teach me this? Can I pay you on the side to do this? So it, that, no, no, I guess my I guess my thought is I think of it more along the lines of I don't think of it as training wheels. I think of it as sniper training. It's like, hey, I need to learn how to be the best I can at this thing. And this person is way better than I am. They're going to shorten my learning curve. It just depends on what your what, what your need is. Right. What you're looking for. I think that's the first thing you need to answer. And then self-awareness plays a big part. It does. If you feel like you need to make decisions because you're just totally lost and confused, if you believe that the only reason why you're not more successful is because there's something that you don't know out there and you pay somebody because they claim to know what that one thing is, <laughs> I think you're doing it. I think you're doing it wrong. I, 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 I think it's easy for I think it's easy for the coaching industry it's the same, it's the self-help industry. There's some there's some really sleazy self-help type of deals where they're preying on insecure people that will just pay money for 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 really no nothing, but then there's specialists. There's absolute specialists out there that you can find. 
I think that's the most important thing is you need to identify what your needs are and then find somebody that can help you in that context. I think that's where coaching is most important. You've hired a lot of coaches, Scott. I've only hired like one, I think I can think of. And how did you find your coaches? You seem to get really fired up by your coaches. (laughs) Like you come back from stuff with Perry Marshall or some of these other people and you're like, sharing the books, you're sharing excerpts from stuff you've pulled. Like it it clearly is helping you. So how did you how did you find those people? Mostly following them online. Most coaches give away a lot of stuff for free so that you can kind of get to know their their values and their their character and their personality. And you just lurk. I, 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 know. I think I think Scott, unlike a lot of other people, the way Scott spends his time, I feel like he's the type of person that networks online is a part of a lot of different communities, contributes and just has that learner mentality. A a lot of other people waste their time online. They're not networking. They're just, you know. You actually probably couldn't be more wrong. Really? (laughs) I I don't go online. I I don't spend any time in social. Almost none, man. Really? Yeah, it's it's one of my... I thought you were it, a part of all of those groups, like AIM and all that stuff. No, I, I am. But or you only I, respond when they tag you. No, no, That's I just, funny. I don't spend a lot of... I don't spend a lot of I don't spend a lot of time on social media. My my to me it's a distraction for the most part. I do respond when people tag and I do try to make an effort maybe once a week, maybe twice a week to kind of scroll through and see what people are doing and comment on it. But I really spend very, very little time in social media. I'm working on other stuff. It's okay, a distraction. Boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. Oh, no. Uh, it's, it's just, no, social media is tough for me. It's, it's, yeah. My coaches are not there to teach me tactics that I need to execute in my business. For me, it's more about being in rooms with with a, a very diverse group of very, very smart people. That excites me because they're talking about ideas and they're talking about things. And quite frankly, what I usually get out of those is it reinforces the fact that my sheer panic and terror that I feel every single day trying to run businesses is how everybody feels. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to power through it. And that's kind of the most important thing is, is, well, no, everybody has that problem and there is no easy answer. Here's how you think about this or what if you think about it that way? That's another thing that I tend to do is I tend to stay outside. I, I like to go outside of the industry and talk to other business owners that are facing you know, other entrepreneurs that are having other entrepreneurial challenges that aren't necessarily in our space because you can get some really, really good perspectives that way. I think part of the reason I'm I'm struggling with this topic is because I don't know where I am as a person right now in terms of like I I just don't want to be in a room talking with people about big ideas and the reason why is because I felt like I've spent a lot of my life doing that and it's like I get all excited like here's this really big idea oh here's another big idea and you can totally ride the big idea wave over and over and over again but I get worn down at the level of my soul when I hear all these big ideas and I see none of them really coming to pass. I'm just so afraid that like I'm going to go spend all this money on a coach and it's going to be all this affirmation and, and big idea dreaming and I'm going to walk out of there like, yeah, man, like I can do da-da-da-da-da. And then it, it just doesn't come to Yeah, big ideas is not what you go to coaching for. It's really, it's execution of small ideas. You should already have your big ideas figured out before you go into coaching. Oh, wow. You really think that? Yeah. 
I do. If you're going there because you think they're going to give you the big idea, then I, I think you're behind the eight ball and you're susceptible to be led in a direction that's not yours. That doesn't apply to you. It's not... you got big ideas kind of rolling around in your brain space and you want to be in a room where you can vet the big ideas. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Well, but so here's, think, here's an I example. Think, I don't think coaching does that to you, though, for you. Here, here's an example. So Dustin wants to bring the escrow business to directly to the consumer. That's a big idea. I think that's a big and that's a bold idea. So Dustin, you and I could have some really great conversations. We're not in this, we're kind of in the same vertical, but I have experience communicating with consumers directly. Those are the types of people that you want to talk to. Your big idea is already established. I have this vision for my business. You know, I want to change the world this way. I want to change the, I want to stand out this way. This is the way I want to do. I think you don't, I don't think you have a shortage of big ideas. Then what it comes down to is, okay, let's unpack this and see what it looks like. It's helpful to have other people around you to unpack those ideas and really challenge them. Because I think that's the biggest thing that I get from coaching is just challenging my ideas. What if I come up with something stupid? Try to poke, you know, sometimes you need people to poke holes in your ideas to see if they still stand up. Tell you you where you're wasting your time. Yeah. You know, ultimately it would be better if you had a peer group or you know a group of professionals you could bounce that off of or if you have a successful business person or you know listen i don't see the, how this is any different from your grandfather as a was a successful entrepreneur and you go and you just hang out with him and you just and he tells you stories about his businesses you know oh, i made this mistake back in the day and i did this coaching is a tough thing cuz coaching as a industry i think falls more along those lines of that very, very vague self-help category. I don't think that that's specific enough to actually accomplish anything. So one thing, as you say that, that comes to mind is what what are some pitfalls you, you have seen in the industry that you think people need to avoid? Like when you're looking for coaches, what are some immediate red flags for you? I'll tell you one, I'll tell you one for me. If I show up to a coaching session and the person doesn't ask me any hard questions, or I show up to a coaching session and they ask me hard questions and I give bad answers and they're just very sort of affirming. Those are two immediate red flags for me. And then a third is if the coaching program I'm joining has a group and I am above or at average for the group, it's not a group I want to be in. Yeah. Like, you know, I want to regularly be in a group where I'm almost like, how in the world did I? get into this group. What do you think of those? And are there others for you, for for either of you guys? Well, what I see a lot, because I'm in the mortgage space, I see a lot of people trying to sell coaching on like Facebook and stuff. And if they always lead with the money, like if they lead with, you join this and you will make this much money, (laughs) or this is how much money I've made for these people, I think that's your red flag right there because they're not focusing on your challenges. They're not focusing on your strengths. They're not building up your weaknesses. They're trying to entice you by, you know, waving a hundred dollar bill. Hey, do you want this? Do you want this? Just click <laughs> this button and take the, get the free trial. I, I think that's less genuine. That's the biggest red flag for me. Again, especially online, most coaches 
are going to have an online presence. You can research them. You can watch their videos. You can read what they're talking about. You can see the people that are in their group and and talk to people that are in their group. But it really just comes down to self-awareness, I think. What specifically do I need help with? And who's the best person I can find to help me with that? Ricardo, where are you at on this? Like, Does this help you clarify whether... <laughs> All joking aside, you would you should hire a shrink or a coach. <laughs> no, I I think the last time I hired a coach it was 2013, 2014. I felt like I was way in over my head with what I was doing. I, I had I was suffering from imposter syndrome in a big way. I hired a coach. We met once every other week. It was about four hundred dollars per session. I think she asked me the tough questions. And I think she pushed me in the right way to challenge myself. But I was also very open with myself, with what I knew my weaknesses were. I was open to the fact that I was going to have to do my part and put in the work. Mm -hmm. I think if you're not open and honest with yourself about that, and you just kind of do it because you think, oh, well, everyone else is having success, so I'm going to have success. Like It doesn't really work that way. You have to be willing to accept your weaknesses and you have to be willing to, I think, let go of certain things. You don't have to be in control of the process for every single part of your business. I, I, like, I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people suffer from that. And I think a lot of people say they're self-aware, but they're not willing to admit certain things. Yeah. I also think that a good coach doesn't tell you what you should be doing. A good coach helps you figure out what you should be doing, helps you figure out what you should be doing. They don't tell you what you should be doing. A good coach helps you get out of your own head. Right. And like you said, Ricardo, you, you got to be honest going into it. You know, you got to be honest. I know I need a kick in the ass every morning because I'm lazy. And if somebody doesn't, <laughs> you know, push me on it or guilt me into, doing it until you can create that that habit. I think this is an important conversation for people to consider. I, I think you just I think it really comes down to you have to be honest with yourself. And really ask yourself, are you are you doing the things that your coach is telling you? Are you getting the results that you think you should be getting? If not, then you know, I don't care how many top producers are in this coaching program. Mm. It doesn't sound like you're a good fit or else you could all have the right coach or what have you. Scott, what do you think of this idea? So as I think about hiring a coach, some one thing that comes to mind is I would love to have someone who I strive with, but also somebody who I don't want to disappoint. Right. So, for example, when I hired uh, fitness, I got personal trainers at my gym. Okay. And for reasons having nothing to do with me, I swear to God, I had three of them. They all, they all quit and it wasn't me, but it was, they didn't like the gym. There was, there was political stuff there. But, and also I'm like, you're a dick. No, I didn't say that. (laughs) So we had, we had, I had three. One of them was like a, a nice guy who, you know, put me kind of put me through some paces, but it was mostly just like, hey, you know, yeah, let's let's get this done, and and you know, we got along fine. One of them was a former footballer who was like, yeah, push us, lad, right? Like, and he was like really kind of in my face, but I, you know, he was also there with me, and 
again, they're all nice guys, but like he was more of like a grinder, right? And then the third guy was this Hawaiian dude who I was stunned that I actually got any results at all from him because what he was having me do seemed so basic. And like he was having me do like breathing exercises and stuff. I'm like, are you for real guy? But you know, he was pretty ripped in his own way. So I took him seriously and, and it was okay. I think the, of the three, the person I gravitated toward the most was the second. Because I was afraid to disappoint this guy, right? Like when I, like I didn't want to eat carbs because he told me, dude, you better not be eating carbs because <laughs> I'm going to make you push that hard and it's, you're going to fail yourself, right? And so like I had stopped eating a lot of carbs when I was with this guy or, you know, like I really just felt like he was in, in it with me. And so that was kind of what I was looking for. Is that a ridiculous kind of way to approach coaching? And I just don't hear you talking like that. I hear, I just, I feel like what you're going for is just fundamentally different, which is maybe part of the reason I'm having a hard time connecting. Well, the interesting part about that is you didn't choose those coaches, right? It sounds like they were assigned to you. Yeah. They were assigned to you and you, out of the three, you identified the one that had the personality type that you thought could get your lazy ass to the next level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. so so now the next time you go to hire a, a, a trainer, you're going to hire somebody that has those characteristics because now you know yourself. I think the important lesson out of that is you didn't choose the first one, but what you did figure out is you have figured out what pushes your buttons for that particular thing that you wanted to do. So now you know what type of coach to hire. Again, this just comes down to why. Why are you hiring a coach? What is it that you're trying to resolve? Why do you think you can't resolve it yourself? And how do you know when it's been resolved by somebody else? So you kind of really have to go in there looking for something specific. If I call Ricardo and I just say, and Ricardo actually, even though he's not technically a coach, that's really what he does. And every single day, he just has people come to him that says, hey, can you help me with this? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's this very, very high level thing. And Ricardo says, well, do you have this in place? Do you have this in place? What are you doing here? I don't have anything in place. I just need (laughs) to get started. And Ricardo goes, "Okay, cool. Here's what I've seen work before. Okay, but does it really work, Ricardo? Because I know this sounds <laughs> I good. I know this sounds good, but does it really work? You're not asking the right questions. But Ricardo, how many times a day do you get that? Do you wait, have wait, those wait. conversations? A million times a day. Let me put myself in because that question makes total sense to me. That question of like, if Ricardo's like, "Hey, here's what I've seen work," and I'm like, "All right, guy," but like, listen, I've spent this money on. <laughs> And I'm so tired of being told, all you got to do is duct tape and dental floss this to this to that thing. And I did that one time. It didn't work. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, so why is that a bad question? It's a bad question because I think the tonality that I hear when I, when I see it, when I get that question, it's a tone of, of maybe pessimism. Yeah. It's, it's this, yeah, well, like I tried that before. It's not going to work Scarcity for me. Scarcity mindset. And, and and that's when I know, okay, A, you didn't really try this before or you did and you expected the easy button. You expected, you know, you put something in the machine and money falls out and that's not how any of this works. It's just, it, it really isn't. It's like, will this work? I don't know. You have to be willing to put in work. And if you're not willing to put in work, then no, it's not going to work for you. Yeah. I think there's the impression and, and, and I don't, and I think the coaching industry propagates this suggestion that 
coaching equals commissions. And it really isn't. Coaching is behavioral. There's some tactical, there's some things like that, but you need to you, you need to have the right behavior. You need to think about your business the right way to execute these things consistently in order to produce these results. Again, that's the whole, when the coach leads with money, you hire me and you're going to make all of this money. They leave out all of the work part. (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, you actually have to do all of the work. I'm just going to tell you what to do, (laughs) you know? And then you're like, well, damn it, I could have, you know, I could have done that myself. I didn't need to pay you money to tell me I should be doing all that stuff. I know that. Right, right. So if you're looking to, if you're trying to hire a coach because you're looking for an easy button, I think you need to dig a little bit deeper and have something specific that you're trying to solve. You know, and a lot of times it could just be time management. How do you you drill down on the question of what I need? Because I mean, it seems obvious, right? But like, Scott, when we were talking the last time we tried to do this episode, just before the plane flew into the mountain, you you identified this thing. You're like, Dustin, if you were able to hire someone who could say, oh, well, here's a great way to structure an escrow company to meet consumer demands. And that person had structured like three or four service companies to go from a not consumer focused to a consumer focused company. He's like, you asked me, would you hire that person? I was like, yeah, like in a moment, I would totally hire that person. It had never occurred to me that that was actually a need, but you had identified that as a need. For me personally, it's much more broad. It's really, I guess a lot of it is mindset and it's really kind of exploring sort of these upper echelons of high-performing entrepreneurialism. It's specific to the goals that I'm trying to accomplish with my business. And a lot of it is just being around. I I mean, my goal is the same as yours. I'm trying to create a consumer direct product in my business. What I do is consumer direct, whether I'm a lender or whether I'm educating consumers on Find My Way Home. Those are the people that I kind of hang around is the people that are doing consumer direct marketing, messaging, tools and tactics. I look for the person that already understands the tools and hire them to take care of the tools part. But I think the thing that I learned the most from like Perry Marshall's group and really his 80-20 sales and marketing and the, and the fractional 80-20 in there is it's really starting to eliminate the things that don't get you closer to your goal. Every single day we do things that we could hire somebody to, we could pay somebody $15 an hour to do stuff that we probably spend two to three hours a, a day on. And so simply getting into the mindset and being around enough people that say, you are a business leader. You need to spend your time thinking about $100,000 an hour work and $10,000 an hour work. What does that work look like? Everything else you delegate. So that took coaching for me to get out of that headspace and to get to the place where somebody tells me over and over again, you're never going to accomplish what you want to accomplish if you're trying to do everything yourself. I don't know that I learn a lot, but a lot is reinforced for me. And I recognize some of my weaknesses when I see other people. I'm like, oh man, no, I I think the same way about that problem. You know, I struggle with that problem too. And then it's, again, that just reinforces the fact that you're not alone. I think part of it too is maybe sometimes you just need to have outside friends like like you are to me, but not to Ricardo. (laughs) 
you need to have those outside friends who can kind of weigh in and say, hey, it looks like you're actually struggling with this thing over here. Yeah. Whatever that support system looks like. And if you have the opportunity to hire somebody that you've been following for a long time, then, you know, then do it. You really do have to spend money to make money, but you've got to spend it smart. Yeah. And I see coaching as, I see a support system as an important part of any entrepreneur's journey. And if you can't get that support system in your industry or with your friends, and again, if you're an entrepreneur, it's hard to build support systems with your friends and family unless they're all entrepreneurs. It's just a different life. We have different challenges. We have different motivations and we have different things, you know, keeping us on track. It's we're, we are more left up to our path than external forces. You know, we don't punch a clock. I sit in this desk. I go home every day at five o'clock. That doesn't happen with entrepreneurs. So we kind of have different things we're working with, with life and the business piece of it. But no, actually it just comes down to it comes down to support systems and with the way the social media works now, it's never been easier to find peer groups that are interested in the things that you're interested in. And then hang out in those peer groups asking those hard questions and like you said Dustin, if you find that you're not if you're the smartest person in the room, get the hell out of that room. <laughs> Right? right? You're in the wrong room. Yeah. So if you don't go in there and just feel like a complete idiot and, and just are completely embarrassed to even ask a question, and then you ask that question and everybody's like, that's a really good question. A lot of people ask that. I'm glad you did. Here's the answer. You know, that's what we do to ourselves is, is we have this dialogue that, that happens, but that's really where you need to be. If you're in a comfort zone, you're not growing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ricardo, I don't know if you have, do you have any other thoughts or questions on this? No, I don't think so. I, for me, it's agents ask me, is coaching worth it? The answer to me is always yes. But you have to, like I said, you have to have some level of self-awareness for what it is you need. You have yeah. to be willing to do the work. Sometimes you don't need a coach because you're getting that level of mentorship from your sales manager or from you know a mentor in the industry. So sometimes you don't need that. But a lot of times for me, I'm a part of some communities that I've paid to be a part of. And that's how I map out you know, my marketing ideas, questions, challenges. Do you need it? Yes. But again, you have to ask yourself those questions first. Right. Well, I feel like this is a great place to wrap it up, actually. I'd love to hear from anyone who's been listening to this podcast and has thoughts on coaching. Because you know, I think everything that's been shared here is interesting. But... I know a number of people who do listen to the show who have had great success with coaches. And I'd be curious to hear how or why that happened. If you want to hear previous episodes of The Marketing Trench, you can go to themarketingtrench.fm and listen to all of our previous episodes there. You can also find us on pretty much every podcast app, Apple, Google Cast, Overcast.fm. We're, we're on Spotify as well. So you can find links to that at our website or you can just look us up on your favorite player. Uh, and then we encourage you to check out our sister podcasts over at Real Disrupt. We're part of the Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative. RealDisrupt.com is where you can find other shows that are like ours, but substantially less interesting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it's probably substantially more, but... <laughs> probably. That's our secret. <laughs> the most interesting show on Real Disrupt. <laughs> uh, so check, check them out. Great shows. Until next time, this has been The Marketing Trench. Bye, guys. <laughs>